Uh, I got a question for you. How many of you have ever watched the television show, The Incredible Dr. Pole? Raise your hands. There's a few of you. I'm telling you, the rest of you, you're missing out, right? For those of you who've seen the show, it is the most awesome television show out there. It's on Nat Geo Wild, if you want to look it up. Nat Geo Wild, and um, because most of you have never seen it before, let me explain to you what you're missing out on, okay? Um, the Incredible Dr. Pole is about this old guy, a veterinarian from um, the Netherlands, and did, did I, I'm sorry about that, I didn't mean to imply, I, I, understood, I heard what you said. The older I get, the more I realize it's all relative, right? Sorry about that. So he's this, he's this veterinarian who immigrated from the Netherlands to the central part of um, Michigan. And basically what the television show is, it's a reality show, they have this film crew that just follows he and his staff around and while they're taking care of these animals. Now, you may think that sounds boring. It is not boring. It is awesome! I binge-watch this show. I really do. I binge-watch it. It's, now, I, but I have to, I, I'm going to warn you, it, um, they don't hold anything back, okay? And, which means it is the grossest thing ever, which is why I binge-watch it, because I love gross, right? I also binge-watched Dr. Pimple Popper. whole other thing, not another. <laughs> not what this sermon is about. Anyway, one of my favorite parts, you guys ever watched Dr. Pimple Popper? Yeah! The more of you watch Dr. Pimple Popper than Dr. Pole. <laughs> anyway, one of my favorite things about Dr. Pole is when, they, um, when, when babies are born. I mean, who doesn't love babies being born, right? Now, admittedly... Um, when a vet is called for a baby to be born, you know, obviously things haven't gone right, so there's, sometimes that's the saddest part of the show, too. But um, in those events when the baby is born alive and it kind of staggers to its feet and seeks out to, its mama to, to feed, it is, like, wondrous. You know what I mean? Uh, it is, for me, it's like, it's like proof of the existence of God to watch that. That... It's watching God providing all the ingredients for one of his living things to thrive, not just survive. And it is beautiful, and I love it. Now, I share that with you today because guess what we're going to do today? We are not going to watch Dr. Pohl, but we are going to be witness to the birth of one of God's living things. And whose birth are we going to give witness to today? Well, you probably know it best as the church. And yes, the church is a living thing because it's you. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up. And if you haven't, didn't bring your Bibles today, I want to encourage you to bring your Bibles because you've got to test me. Do not trust your pastor on this kind of stuff. People always say, well, no, I'll just let Craig. Don't let, don't just get your own Bible. And if, you've, if you're not familiar with reading the Bible, this is what I want you to do. I, the, I don't want you to go get a King James Bible the first thing that you ever read, okay? Bad idea, because not that the King James Bible is a bad idea. The King James Bible is a good thing. But if, you've never, if you're not used to reading the Bible, that will overwhelm you. So just get a, like a good news Bible or something like that. 
And um, that's a good place to start. And then as you kind of get used to it and start digesting it, um, you'll maybe transition to a, a, a different kind of Bible, which is called a translation. We can get into that some other time. But bring your Bibles, would you? And because as I've mentioned last week, we are beginning a journey. The whole year, we're going to journey through the New Testament book of Acts. Okay? So um, this is what I wanted. I'm going to give you just a little synopsis of what we learned last week because it will help us in what we're going to be looking at today. So what did we learn last week in chapter 1 of the book of Acts? We learned last week, we learned several things, but one of the most important things that we learned last week is that the book of Acts contains God's plan or God's strategy to spread the hope and the salvation of the gospel to the entire world. And the, the primary vehicle that God chose to spread the hope of the gospel to the whole world is you. If you've accepted Jesus Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior, God has chosen you to bring the gospel to the world, which is an overwhelming thought, at least it is for me. In fact, it causes me, and it probably should you too, to think, I don't know how to do that. How do you, that's just like so big, and where do you even start with something like that? Well, God, in Acts chapter 1, tells us where to start. He says you start by waiting, right? Remember that? He tells them specifically in Acts chapter 1, he tells the, the disciples and those in, back then, he says, I want you to go back to Jerusalem and wait. Wait upon the Lord. Because as you go and wait upon the Lord, I'm going to give you um, the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, that brings us up to where we are today. The disciples have done what they were told to do, Correct? They've gone back to, to um, Jerusalem. They did a few things they weren't told to do. Well, that's a whole other story. But they went back and um, they, they waited upon the Lord. And it says here in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 and following, that on the day of Pentecost... Now, what is Pentecost? Pentecost is a Jewish holiday. The word Pentecost actually means 50th, all right? So what, what it was is the Jews established... A, a, a holiday that was, the, it was 50 days after Passover. So they had, a, everybody, it's good to have holidays, right? And they, they had one too, and it was called Pentecost. It was on the day of Pentecost, the 50th day after Passover, that the, um, the disciples were doing what Jesus told them to do, to wait upon the Lord. When suddenly, the room was filled with sound like a rushing wind. It was like deratio, right? It really, I mean, that's what it was. I mean, that's probably exactly what it was like. And we've got a good, we've got a good modern day image of that, don't we? So the room is filled with this rushing wind. And then the, the weirdest, kind of coolest, maybe even the scariest thing you can imagine happened. Tongues as if fire began to descend upon them. Weird, wonderful Beautiful tongues as a fire descend upon them, but that's not the end of what's happening. As the, as the tongues as a fire descend upon them, it says that they began to speak in other tongues. They began to speak languages that none of them had ever been taught before. It was weird, and it was wonderful, and it was wow. 
that which Jesus promised happened that day. They were filled with, they were anointed, they were baptized, whatever word you want to use, they were with the power of the Holy Spirit. They were given everything that they needed to be the church. Now, some people, when they, when they read that passage of Scripture, they're overwhelmed by it and, and the beauty and the power of it. But then they pause and they ask the question, so is that what it's supposed to be like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Is that what it's supposed to look like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Is that what the, the manifestation of the Spirit in me ought to be? The answer is this. Of course, but not always. Are you confused? Well, let me explain. What did we just witness here in, the, in Acts chapter 2? We witnessed the birth of the church, right? We witnessed the birth of the church. We witnessed the birth of um. I guess God's ultimate living thing. I guess you could look at it that way, huh? And what, if we hearken back to my story about Dr. Pohl, what did we learn about God when God, what does God provide at the birth of these living things that he's created? He has created all the ingredients that is necessary for that living thing to thrive, not just survive. Right? So, let's look at specifically how, what the elements were of this situation so that the church, this living thing, might thrive, not just survive. Listen, this is awesome. What day did um, the birth of the church take place? Anybody? Just yell it out. What day? Pentecost, right? And what, okay, so this is what was going on. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descends upon them. They're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and they begin speaking in other tongues that they didn't know, right? Well, what, we, what, what you may not be aware of, if you haven't read the rest, if you didn't bring your Bibles, you're not going to be aware of it. What happened is, they start speaking in other tongues, and not quite so ironically, the, the people who had come to town, to Jerusalem, to celebrate the Passover for the holiday, they had come from all kinds of different lands, from places that spoke all kinds of different languages. And what were they confronted with when they came to town? They were confronted with these people who were speaking to them in their own language. But they weren't just speaking to them in their own language. What were they speaking of? In their own language, these people who had come from different lands and spoke different languages were being told that the Messiah has come. That Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God has come to save you, to give hope to the captive, to give light into the darkness. Jesus is coming, he's for you. And you know what it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 41? It says that that day, because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit because of the manifestation of the Spirit at that particular moment, in that particular day, it says that 
3,000 people were saved. Folks, that's thriving, not just surviving. Amen? The wondrous thing of God is that He provides everything we need to thrive, not just survive. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you thriving or are you surviving? If you're only surviving, my guess is it's because you haven't done what you were told to do in Acts chapter 1. The reason why the thought of being the church or bringing the hope of salvation to the entire world is overwhelming to us is because we're trying to do it, or maybe we're not even trying to do it because it's so overwhelmed. It's so overwhelming. We try to do it without the ingredients that we need to actually thrive rather than just survive. You want to know why the church isn't growing today? It's because we're trying to be the church without the Holy Spirit. Listen to me now. If you haven't been listening to anything I've said up to this point, listen to me right now, okay? If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and if you haven't, afterwards I want to talk, okay? If, you, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God has called you out to be the church. To bring hope and salvation to the world. To your employees. To your sons and to your daughters. To your neighbors. To your friends. He is calling you to be the church to the world. But He is not calling you to do it. He's calling you to be open so that He can do it through you because the fact is you ain't that good. That's kind of rude, isn't it? It's truth, but it's rude. <laughs> Jesus is that good. The Holy Spirit in you is that good. Remember earlier when I said that... that um, what does it look like for the Holy Spirit to manifest in you? Does it mean that tongues of fire will rest upon you and you'll speak in other tongues? Well, maybe, if that's what's needed in the, in the situation in which you have been called to be the church. Because God still does supernatural stuff like that today, right? I believe He does. If that's what's needed, God provides it. But he's not just going to be put into a box and say, well, this is what the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit is going to look like in you. That's not the way he's going to do it. He's going to do it in you in the way that it's necessary, providing through you the ingredients that are necessary for the gospel, for the, for the church to thrive, not just survive. And that's going to be different for every situation and in every person. The question is this, and this is where it really goes from preaching to meddling, because the fact of the matter is, God is a gentleman, and God's not going to do things through you that you don't want him to do through you. You understand what I'm saying? So if, let's say you, you read in chapter 
uh, Acts chapter 2, that, that the manifestation of the Spirit was that this, this rushing wind and tongues of fire. So I don't want that to happen to me. That's going to me to death. Listen to me. You, we need to be open. Say, Lord, whatever you want. I, I, am I, is it okay if I'm scared? He'll say, it's all right if you're scared. I don't care if you're scared. Just be open. Let me do through you that which I need, desire to do through you. And if you'll allow me, I will equip you. I'll create all the ingredients and, all, and the kind of environment for you to be Jesus to your son. Or to bring someone into your son's life that will be Jesus to them. I'll do it. Because I am God. He is God, not me. But you have to be open. You can't pick and choose how you want the Holy Spirit to manifest in you. That is not your job. Your job is to be obedient. And when you are, and, and that, how does that begin? Waiting upon the Lord. And when you are, the Holy Spirit will manifest in you exactly the way is needed for your neighbor, for your coworker. For your husband. You can't do it. You can't be the church, but Jesus can through you. So this is what we're going to do today. Um, and by the way, this isn't something that, it's not a one-time thing, it's something that you do and then think, oh, okay, done with that. Listen to me. I'm, I'm going to, I want to stop right now and I want us to pray together that God would pour out the anointing of His Spirit on us as the church. What, however God wants to do it. I want you to pray that God would pour out the anointing of His Spirit, the, the baptism of the Spirit upon you today and then tomorrow and then the next day and the day after that being obedient and submissive to whatever God wants in you. I hope you're tired of just surviving. It's time to thrive. And God wants to give you everything that you need for the thriving to occur. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, it, it is in ignorance really that I'm coming before you today Ignorance in that I don't know how you want to manifest in us, but I know that you want to. I know that you have called us to wait upon you and, and to wait for, for your Holy Spirit to fall upon us and to, that we might be baptized and, then, and thus equipped to be the church. I'm asking Jesus that you would do that, whether it be through, through dreams, whether it be through tongues as of fire or, or the sounds of rushing wind whether it be a thought in my brain that simply says, go and talk to so-and-so or um, whatever it is that you want to do, Lord. If maybe you want me to pray for somebody for their healing that, they might, that it might create an environment for them to, to receive 
true healing, which is salvation through you. Maybe, maybe it's, Lord, that you've called me, you're calling me, you want to manifest in me to use the, the voice that you've given me to sing praises to you. Maybe, Lord, it's one that you want, me, you want to use, me, use the gifts of administration that you've laid upon me. I don't know, Lord. I, I don't know what you want to do through me. I'm not exactly sure what you want to do through us, but I know you want to do it, and I know that you're willing to empower us to do it by, the, by your Holy Spirit, and that's what I'm praying for today. I'm praying I'm starting this prayer today, and I'm asking Jesus that you would inspire all of us to pray and to wait upon you every day until you say, there you go. Now get out there and let me do it through you. Move in us, Jesus. In a mighty and powerful way. I pray for those that are listening online today and will be watching later on in, in the weeks to come. I'm praying, Lord, that, that you would anoint them, that you would baptize them in the power of the Holy Spirit, that they might be equipped to be the church to bring hope and salvation through Jesus Christ to the world. I pray these things in the glorious and precious blood of the Lamb who was slain and who, was ro who rose again on the third day and His name is Jesus. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If there is anyone here today that has not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I'm going to be standing right over there in the prayer room. Um, Jim and the rest of the praise band is going to lead us in our final song. And at any time this morning, if you want to come over there and pray with me, I would love, I would be honored to pray that prayer with you. You may need any, any other prayer. You might want to pray for a salvation of a loved one. You might want to pray for healing or something may be going on in your life. I'll be over there and I would love to pray with you, whatever it is that you need. Stand with us, won't you? And sing this song. Uh, to God. I mean, this is, uh, this is what this is all about, so. There is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I could search for all eternity long and find there is none like you sing it again there is none like you no one else can touch my heart like you do I could search for all eternity long and find there is none like you There is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I could search for all eternity long and find there is none like you. There is none like No one else can touch my heart like you do. 
I could search for all eternity long and find there is none like you. And I could search for all eternity long and find there is none like you. Have a wonderful week. Be careful on the way home. God bless.